1: Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Thanks for coming out and giving us your Friday night. So, our next segment is going to be Star Talk All Stars. Where I take a back seat and we bring on the host, one of our many talented Star Talk All Stars, neuroscientist Heather Berlin. Hey. And my comedic co host, the one, the only Chuck Nice. And let me introduce a, a colleague and a friend, one of the smartest people on earth, theoretical physicist Brian Green, everybody. So let me ask both of you something, because you both have to think about this. If Since we're talking about the brain predetermining something you do, you're talking about the Big Bang predetermining all future events, um, then is the fact that we experience time, is that itself an illusion? Hmm.
0: I'm going to say, yes, time is an illusion, the way we experience it. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking from the physics perspective, right? But the way humans experience time is an illusion because it's very easily manipulated. So for example, in experiments, we can take something called transmagnetic, uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is basically-
1: Transcranial. Cr-
0: transcranial magnetic stimulation. You, you put a magnet and you can kind of zap different parts of the brain and, and temporarily knock them out.
2: People let you do this to them? We do all sorts of things,
0: Neil. Why do you think I became a neuroscientist? i got to be
2: honest, I'm kind of up for it.
0: (laughs) It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of
2: fun. It's just that, Heather, you describe it with such glee.
1: (laughs) Stick a magnet on their head. Okay, and what happens? One day I'll bring you into the no! lab, Neil. will be a lot of fun. I have a <laughs> in my head. Yeah. Okay. So,
0: <laughs> so we can manipulate. For example, we have you do an action. Like, you can press the button whenever you want. Kind of like that. Let me know when you had the intention to do it, and then we see when you do it. And then we zap you just after you do it. Zap you. Little little magnet stimulation. And then what (laughs) that does, it's it's innocent. It's It's harmless. Harmless magnetic stimulation of the brain. Absolutely harmless. And what it does is we can move back in time your perception of when you had the intention. We can move forward in time your perception of when you did the action okay? So that's one way we can manipulate time. You can manipulate time when you're in various different states of consciousness. When you have particular types of brain damage, especially to the prefrontal cortex, your perception of time will speed up. We're starting to understand what parts of the brain are related to time perception, and when they're damaged, your time perception changes, or when you have certain psychiatric illnesses. Even during the creative state, when you're in that kind of flow state, like when Baba gets into his flow and he's rapping, we I, I, I've looked at his brain in the scanner and other rappers. He lets you do this. He, he, why do you think I it. Oh, he's my <laughs> husband, by the way.
1: Wait, did he know before he married you that?
2: They- no, she made him marry her. <laughs> <laughs> Dinner. She was like, "Come here, I'm gonna put a magnet on you." <laughs> <laughs> <Put> a... <laughs> oh my God.
0: The real question is. Don't try to dodge this fact. <laughs> we know. Did... All right. The real question is: Did he write a rap about neuroscience because he married a neuroscientist, or did he marry a neuroscientist because he wanted to write a rap about neuroscience? Ooh. We'll never know.
2: Now listen. Um, I now I'm gonna tell you what I know, and no disrespect to Baba or <laughs> my wife of. 20 years, but he married you because you're hot. (laughs) Now, that's that's one thing that every man is predetermined. He tells me he was more attracted to my
0: brain, but I'll leave it at that. And I'm going to tell you,
2: he's lying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So anyway... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I right, right, put right, it right.
1: in the scanner. Yes. Yo, so you put him in the scanner while he's rapping.
0: While he's rapping. And we actually found a distinct pattern of brain activation mm. where he, during the improvised state versus when he's doing a memorized rap, he gets decreased activation of the part of the brain called the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, which has to do with our sense of self and time and place. So when you're in these flow states... There's actually
1: a part of the brain called the dorsol- dorsolateral lateral right. Lateral right. It's
2: like prefrontal <laughs> Right, right, right. Could you, could you make up your mind where this thing is in the head? <laughs> I'm kind of with you, because it's like dorsal, lateral, lateral pre-frontal. Frontal. Right. <laughs> it's no, just no, like, what so heck? exactly where is it? It's all around here. <laughs> it's like all up in here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in this exact spot. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> well you know, okay, there are a lot of couldn't.
0: parts to the brain that we need to describe in okay. exquisite detail. I won't even ask you about your physics terms that you all use, so um, it's turned down, right? And then, so that's why when people are in this flow state, it feels as if it's coming through them from someplace else because they lose their sense of agency, but they also lose their sense of time. And we also know in people, if you knock out with transcranial magnetic stimulation, that part of the brain, it'll affect their perception of time. So time is a creation of the brain. It's an illusion, just like anything else. And the other interesting fact is that people without any brain damage, just healthy people, actually have a slower subjective sense of time than the actual clock time. So we're not very accurate at telling clock time. Um, So we have our own kind of internal pace. When
1: I was a kid, I did a really geeky thing just because I could. I, I trained myself to count seconds precisely. And...
2: Oh, uh, what are you talking about, Neil? That's not geeky at all. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: uh, my personal best, my personal best was I counted 89 seconds when 90 seconds had passed. And I used to do it with stopwatches. I, was, I almost got an applause for that. Mm-hmm. One <laughs> other. Um, and so, so, I, so, so Brian, I just try to match real time. Yeah. But she's saying it's like it's well, the brain can be manipulated well, to
3: think about is it.
0: there such thing as real time i don't i mean like i just think it's an illusion that we experience but is there actual
3: Well, you know, from the standpoint of physics, there is a conception of time because that's what allows change to occur. So when people say, from a physics standpoint, that time is an illusion, I don't really know what they mean. But it is the case that our experience of time, which you say that you can manipulate, which is quite interesting. With magnets. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Our experience of time (laughs) does not give us insight into the way time actually works. Because once you learn that time for me is not the same as time for you if we're in motion or if we're experiencing different gravitational fields, these are measurable differences between how your watch and my watch will tick off time based upon what we're doing and where we are. That's counterintuitive. We've never experienced that. It took a genius of Einstein to come along and reveal it. So I would say that our experience of time gives us a misrepresentation of how time actually behaves. The time is real. But for every one yeah. of us, we are
1: prisoners of the present, eternally transitioning from our past to our
3: future. Jesus. Wow. Man, that's,
2: <laughs> that's deep,
3: man. Man, I, shoot. We <laughs> should just end the show right
2: now. Like, <laughs> you said that, I was like, I guess we out of time. <laughs> well
0: There's actually, I mean looking into the future, there might be ways that we can we can do things now like implant electrodes in the brain, right? And stimulate certain parts of the brain. The more directly. you talk
1: about this, <laughs> well, we, we, can, we can plant electrodes <laughs> in the brain. Because the magnet wasn't good enough. <laughs> 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 and to boot we
0: can control it with remote control this is real <laughs> stuff I promise <laughs> <laughs> wait Neil you just, you, you <laughs> just.
1: <laughs> how do we know Baba you weren't just off stage controlling Baba
2: like you this don't. with a remote <laughs> control
0: how do we know why do you think he was so good <laughs> <laughs> If we could, and theoretically we could do this in the not-too-distant future, go in and implant electrode and affect your perception of time such that every moment appears to last an eternity.
3: Mm. Oh. Depends on which the moments are, man.
0: <laughs> well, you can fast-forward the ones you don't like. Yeah. You can keep the really Wait, good ones. Wait, that was ones. in
3: Black Mirror. I saw that was in Black it?
2: Mirror. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I was going to say, have you been me.
0: talking to my wife? <laughs> But the question would be, the question would be, would you want that implant? Would you want that? Because I happen to think that you know, having to experience both the good and the bad, but ha- the fact that it's temporal and that there's this limit and that it's our most valuable resource gives life meaning.
1: But suppose uh, you could find the moments in time or the places in the brain where you're most creative, mm-hmm. and then make that be your biggest, your most sustained experience. Well, so th- where we creativity map into this conversation? Yes. When you're creating, the parts
0: of your brain that are normally active when they're clicking off time are down-regulated when you're in that creative flow state. So people, time doesn't seem to exist. Self doesn't seem to exist. It's a very pleasurable state. People strive to get there. I bet
1: Brian and I could agree on this. When you're cranking out some equation, you you forego personal hygiene. Mm. You don't know that you're hungry. (laughs) You don't know because... And you don't know how much time has elapsed. And you almost feel you like... agree?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I call yeah, that but Sunday.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 but you also feel, it feels as if you're tapping into something greater, as if you are outside of something greater than yourself because your sense of self is turned down. So in those moments, I would argue that we feel eternal in a sense because time is not existing and well, it is very I pleasurable. Th- but do you want to be in that state all the time? Well, if it had I had control it would be meaningless. It. it, do we have
3: control over
2: it?
0: If you had control, yeah, you potentially yeah. yeah we can control
2: it. Yeah, she wasn't very sure <laughs> about have, that part.
1: I was like, yeah. well, you have
2: control. Right now, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right All I know now. is this: I am never coming to your lab because you like a real-life version of Get Out. <laughs> Lay me down on the table and just now stick it to the floor. <laughs> 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 Well, I welcome any
0: of you no, into my no, lab no. at any time. Chuck and I are <laughs> an walking open right door by. policy. <laughs> Come on in. But, um, yeah, so anyway, I would argue that the, our sense of time is what gives us meaning. And there are some patients who get lesions where they are just literally living in the moment. They cannot see the future, and they cannot think of the past. There's someone who has a certain type of brain so damage. prisoners issue. of
1: the present without vision.
0: Right, see, because you say we're prisoners of the present. I say we're not prisoners of the present because we can see into the future and the past. There are true people who, there's a man, he has, certain type of brain damage, where every minute he keeps a diary and he just keeps writing, "I am now just for conscious for the very first time. Right mm-hmm. now, I'm just conscious for the first time. Now I'm just awake the first time, and it's just each minute because he has no vision. He can't look in the future and he can't see the past. It's only the now. Which, He's which a prisoner." Which magnet
1: made that happen?
0: No, that was a type of brain damage that we and don't. And can know I about. borrow some money from him?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Chuck. <laughs>
0: Wait, one interesting thing of that story, though, just, to, just okay. to give it meaning, he had damage to his hippocampus, which is involved in memory, but the one thing he did remember... There There's an episode
1: of Family Guy called Big Man on the Hippocampus, oh, by the way.
0: Really? I've never yeah. seen it. Well, the thing that stayed I know because I was
1: in that episode, that's why, <laughs> yeah. You were the big You're, man? I was referenced in it or something. You I, were
0: the big man on the hippocampus? No, no, no,
1: no. Oh, no, I wasn't was just, you? Yeah.
0: Um, The thing that remained stable, though, is every time his wife would come to visit him, and this was over the course of years, he would recognize her and see her like it's the first time he's seeing her in a million years, and say, oh, it's so good to see you, I'm so happy to see you, whatever, and that lasted for years and years, and that was the only thing that remained constant, and the other thing was that he was a professional pianist, and whenever he'd get in front of the piano and get into this mode, he could actually just play a whole piece. Now was he aware?
2: Was he aware that his wife was putting magnets on his head? <laughs> 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 no, if only. But the the one thing is this: we
0: control the electrodes right now. The question is, can you control them yourself? Yeah. That's why I hesitate. I, I, we haven't gotten to that point yet because you don't want people going well, home and just when you get there, zinging you know, themselves, you know. But, yeah, but right. when we get to that point, yeah. then I'll I'll give you yeah. a
1: call. So, so Heather, we're about to lose Brian. out of this segment before we go to our our sports segment. (laughs) Forever, she (laughs) says. (laughs) So so Brian, do you have any sort of uh, concluding reflective thoughts? Uh, No.
0: (laughs) 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 And he freely said that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Brian, I like, was it uh, Einstein or uh, John Wheeler who said of time, time is uh, invented to make motion look simple?
3: Uh, I hear Wheeler said, Time was invented so that everything doesn't happen at the same moment.
1: Oh. You can spread it yeah, out in yeah, that coordinate yeah. system.
3: And Einstein said that the distinction between past, present, and future is only an illusion, however persistent. And on that I'll leave. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> Brian.
2: Thank
1: you. Okay. Brian Green, everybody.
2: Welcome to Playing with Science. And uh, Norman, thank you. Thank you. And for those of you who are uninitiated, Playing with Science is a sports science mashup where Neil likes to say where jocks and geeks collide. And I like to say without any concussions by the <laughs> geeks because, you know, when jocks and geeks collide, only one person suffers in that collision. Yeah, yeah one person walks away, and one the other person walks away, the other one does not. And normally uh, we do this. By the, by the way, go ahead. In high school, I was a geek jock. A geek jock. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah you were a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I intellectually I associated with the geek Right. But anytime I saw a geek sort of get beaten up or you know bullied, mm-hmm. that was my sort of superhero. <laughs> I would like the geeks need me. Nice. And I would go and I <laughs> kick. I would just, you know. And <laughs> So I, I felt this urge to protect the Geekosphere the, I, as, as a high school what's kid. What's
0: the superhero name for that? Is I don't know.
1: A, is I, there I there don't know. Chuck? But it is needs he, one. Yeah, I yeah. I feel yeah. Like I like,
2: believe yeah. it's the Tysonator. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very cool, man. So who do you have? So, uh, but before we get into our guest, who is oh, just so, so, so <laughs> awesome. Uh, actually, I'm going to use a different word, <laughs> who is uh, such a superb guest.
1: He, t- he said that because... Any time I hear him say awesome, he'd say, it would be awesome if you could pass the salt. And I would say, when I grew up, the word awesome was w- applied to curing polio,
2: <laughs>
0: walking
1: on the moon. And there's a next generation that has no concept of how to use that word.
2: And I blame the Lego movie. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see it. No, I didn't see the Lego All right, Everything is awesome. <laughs> OK. Okay, let me just say, first of all, I can't tell you how long I've been waiting to do that on stage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But normally this show is co-hosted with Gary O'Reilly, who is a former professional soccer player and uh, the co-host of Playing With Science. And he is currently a broadcaster and he resides in the UK. Unfortunately, his flight was canceled, and so he could not be here. It was snowing in the it UK. It was snowing in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was snowing here. And okay. um, unfortunately, he could not be here. So we, But he is listening right now, not right now, but he will be listening to this broadcast. So if we could all give a round of applause to Gary O'Reilly! Yay! Gary. And so what we uh, do here is we explore the science of sport. And to help us do that today, we have an incredible guest who is a former Olympic silver medalist. And she is five-time world champion medalist. Please <laughs> welcome the incredible Sasha Cohen! Sasha <laughs>
4: I'm so excited to join the fun. it's oh, so
2: great. <laughs> 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 wait, wait, wait. Chuck, what did she get her medals in? Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I... I, I <laughs> thank you, Neil. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, the truth is that I took it for granted that everybody would know because you're Sasha Cohen, but uh, she is a... Fi- lose. Lose. <laughs> I <laughs> said lose. Uh, Sasha, of course, is a figure skater. And, uh, and a, a damn good one. And not just a figure skater, because uh, you're also an incredible ballerina and gymnast. All of those things, like rolled in and then strap skates on and do it all.
4: Exactly. I started in gymnastics. I wanted to take hip hop. My mom directed me towards ballet uh-huh. for skating. <laughs> That's because and... she
2: wanted you to have a job. <laughs> exactly,
4: right. exactly. What are you
0: talking about? What's wrong with hip hop? <laughs> <laughs> <What? laughs>
2: Don't worry, your husband is still my favorite white rapper.
4: <laughs> white science rapper.
2: <laughs> but go ahead.
4: So, so that was how I got started. I started in gymnastics because I was basically a bundle of energy and I destroyed the house. And they're like, how can we calm you down? So I got put into gymnastics for about three hours a day, every day. And um, when I was five years old, I was doing like, hundreds of jumping jacks, push-ups, V-ups. And when I got home, I was a very well-behaved child. V
1: up, is that this here? What's Are you gonna V-up? show me? Oh, oh, this is that a V? Do I gonna
4: show you? <laughs> no? Yeah. Okay. So, so you're basically like <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah. and you're like going up. Okay. Like that. Cool. Okay. Ah. Very cool. Okay. That's a V up. That,
2: that, that That's very impressive. I gotta tell you, right. I'm a.
4: Tr- <laughs> No, Let I'm me not. See your video. <laughs> you
2: know what? I'm good. You're good. You're good. You got it. You you got got later, Chuck. Later. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. It in a exists
4: bit. in the space-time continuum. Just <laughs> leave it there.
2: there you go. <laughs> so uh, we of course have uh, Heather Berlin here, who, Dr. Heather Berlin, who is going to break down the neuroscience because there's a lot of neuroscience that goes into um, pretty much every athlete, correct? Yeah. like When you talk about the brain and the discipline and the, uh, the, they call it muscle memory, but it really isn't muscle memory, right?
0: It's actually called procedural memory. So basically when you're first learning, and you'll probably have had this experience, the moves or whatever it may be, you have to really focus and you're using parts of your prefrontal cortex. You need conscious focus, even learning to tie a shoelace for the first time. And then over time, over repetition and discipline to do it all those many times, it starts to become implicit or unconscious and it moves into the basal ganglia which is the sort of subcortical part of the brain and it becomes this Procedural memory, or, Just or what we call memory. muscle memory. Yeah, and yeah. it's like riding a bike. And then once you get it into that implicit state, if you become too self aware of what you're doing, like, oh, exactly how should I hit that tennis ball or do that, it will mess up your flow. So I imagine that you practice it so much that when you go into a routine, you're almost going on autopilot, right? You want to get to that point at which your body knows what it's doing and you don't have to think about it because the thinking messes it up.
1: Because Yogi Berra said that baseball uh, is 90%. Ninety uh, percent <laughs> of the game is half mental. That was, yeah, yeah. I love it. So here's here's a fun little fact. Uh, 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 can we let Sasha speak at some point in this <laughs> conversation Actually, you could.
4: I'm just here for show <laughs> No it's true and I think that's where a lot of elite athletes get in trouble and I've it's happened to me on um, you know several occasions is where you train your body do something over and over and over but then you have this one moment and you're like I can't leave it to chance. And so you get your mind involved because you also have, you know, days that you you know you're only practicing an hour a day once you're at competition and then you're just thinking about it over and over and this one moment arrives. And it's very hard to put away, you know, the monkey mind because it, it really wants to be there to help you. But it's like too many cooks in the kitchen. Exactly. And when you turn down that part of the, it's bas- the lateral prefrontal
0: cortex that's there making is, you there, self-aware. There is, yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's the inner critic. And, oh, my God, what should I do? And then if you can manage to turn that down and just enter into the flow state and lose yourself, that's when you really perform at your exactly. best.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You better watch Heather. She'll tell you to sink it to the ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Neil, you, yesterday, actually, I heard you talking to somebody at another thing we were doing. When you were saying that you skate or you did something at the ice rink where you wore figure skates, what didn't you do? What haven't <laughs> you done? No,
1: I, I spent the time uh, in high school as a rink guard.
4: But not with hockey skates.
1: <laughs> not with hockey. I wore figure skates. Which is skates.
4: very unusual. Yeah, yeah. The very rink unusual. guard is, like,
1: a little more aggressive. With, a, with hockey skates, but I had figure skates.
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: I had on figure skates. Now it, I'm just trying to figure this out, and maybe you can tell me. Because that toe what? pick can hurt you.
4: That's but, why you had it. Yeah, yeah. You ever toe- yeah, see figure
2: skates?
1: There's like teeth mm. in the front of figure skates. And so, yeah. Uh, and I, there were some thugs who came on, who were like hockey, the real deal. F- hockey thugs.
2: Who knew figure skating was so tough? <laughs> <laughs> and were they, <laughs> they
1: were like, you know, beefy, thuggy guys. And rather than fight them, I just challenged them to a race from one end of the ice to the other, and everyone parted ways. And they're having hockey skates, so so they got to like press their feet left and right to go forward. Yeah. I had on figure skates. I just went up on my toes and just ran.
2: (laughs) 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 And I got to the end, waiting for them to come. (laughs) So
1: so then they shut up after that. But (laughs) so I deeply appreciate your craft. and 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 as a As a figure skater
2: myself. (laughs) (laughs) As a physicist,
4: um... We'll have to do the next episode on the rink. We'll race. Oh yeah, We'll race.
1: Yeah, oh, Mm -hmm. Ooh, that. Fight, take this to the
4: rink.
2: (laughs) Meet me outside on the rink (laughs) with figure skates on in a tutu. (laughs) 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 Then we'll fight. Are you aware aware of the physics that, because they call figure skating physics on ice. There's, there's so much to it. Are you aware of the physics when you're skating or are you aware of it at all?
4: I think you are aware of it, but you don't think of it in terms like, of, of physics. You know, you, the way that you define is like this like, hyper body awareness. And you can feel when you take off for a jump, if you don't have enough speed, if you slightly throw your, your shoulder too much and you can feel in the air that you're, you're off kilter and that you're going to go down hard. Um, and you also know that if you're doing a single, a double, a triple, or a quad, exactly how much torque you have to put in when you leave the ice, because that is what determines like, how fast you'll rotate and if you'll be able to complete you know, a certain number of rotations up in the air.
1: So torque is a force that sets something into rotation. And otherwise, it's just a force giving acceleration to an object. Mm-hmm. So you have force that goes in a straight line, and then you have torque, which is a force turning. Center. So yeah. So there you are. It's a force you are putting between your body, your skate, and the ice, so that you can rotate.
4: To to launch it, like yeah. to, to begin it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same with spinning. And that's something you know you'll kind of go into a spin slow, and then you'll you'll glide in and you'll you'll ride the edge, and then you'll take the right side of your body and you'll like you'll snap it to begin the spin, and then you'll use your arms and legs to increase your speed or slow it down.
2: Oh my God. So all right. Mm-hmm. So.
4: Oh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm learning how to physics skate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so physics skate. Physics skate. That's right. I'm learning how to exactly. physics skate. You just invent that word. I did. Physics skate. Physics skate. <laughs> so here's what I would love to do. If uh, for, for those of you who are listening and do not have the benefit of visual, because everybody is here, if you could stand up and just show us the actual, but you have to talk it through because people are listening at home. Sure. If you yeah. could show us the physicality of what happens when you're doing that motion. And then, Neil, if you can break down exactly what's happening from a physics standpoint, <laughs> I think that would be really cool. I'm making this up as I go along.
1: <laughs>
2: wait, wait. So Chuck, wait, 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 no, wait, we wait, do we wait. do this? Wait, wait. So, wait, wait. So,
1: so we can pretend like we're we're the Olympic announcers. Uh, <laughs> Sasha Cohen. And this the, is
4: what she's doing. This is what
1: she's doing. So Sasha Cohen, she's wearing high heels at this moment? I am <laughs>
4: wearing high heels. but I've not done it this way before. Okay. So what happened? So there's there's two instances, right? There's a jump and a spin. And I feel like everyone, if anyone's watched any figure skating, somewhat aware of the difference. One, you leave the ice and one, you don't. Um, the jump, you leave the ice. <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: we'll, Chuck, you got that? I'm, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, we'll, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping up. We'll you with start it. Okay, with a stay jump. with this, Chuck.
4: So, for instance, like, um, I will start with um, a sow cow. Um, and so, it's something where you're going to take off backwards and you're going to be gliding on the inside edge of your left foot. And you're gonna determine how much speed you wanna get going in, right? So I'll be doing crossovers and running and running and going fast. And you're then building I'll do your a, speed. Right. And then people have different entrances, but say, like when I, many, many, many years ago, I did a quad sow cow and I wanted to get extra torque. So I would do a turn ahead and then I would set myself here and then I would use the edge gliding backwards, my, the right side of my body, and I would dig in with my left with my left foot into the ice and whip this up. And that's what would initiate the, like the momentum. And I would leave the ice, push off this topic, and then immediately sla- snap the weight over my right side. Um, and based on how much I followed through with my right arm and right leg, and push down with my left would determine how fast I would spin and if it would be a single jump, a double jump, a triple jump, or a quad.
0: Wait, can I ask you a question then? How, the way you just broke it down was a very logical, conscious, whatever. But when you're actually doing that, you're not thinking all those things, are you? Are you feeling them? You it's, feel you it. You feel it. So I think
4: not. I'm explaining exactly what I feel. Right. But it's, it's, it's like you're very fine tuned and you know exactly how much speed you need and you know how much speed is too much that so you'll lose control, that it could turn out great, but you have to get lucky because basically speed magnifies anything. It it helps you get more height and more torque, but if you are one millimeter off in any direction and you have extra speed, you're going to go down really hard or your 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 alignment won't be quite right. So people are, are ten- a little tentative with speed because that can... You know, you can go up in flames. It's like it's like putting leverage on your house. It can work out really well or it just can you can go bust. <laughs> well, wait, but no, so, now, finally <laughs> something I can relate to. <laughs> no leverage. Wait, 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 leverage so Sasha, so, so, so if ahead. you
1: you so so I get you gave a brilliant description of how you give yourself rotational inertia. Mm-hmm. Okay?
4: For but, a jump. We haven't even gotten to the spin.
1: But however, you didn't well, okay, so I, to me, I, in physics, you generally break things apart into components and you put them all together for the one thing. I break this apart. You told me how you gain spin, but you have, if you're going to do a quad, you have to be airborne long enough to complete the quad before you hit the ground.
4: Yes. So, That's part of it because you'll notice if, if you've watched figure skating this past Olympics, you will see some people barely get off the ice and they can do three turns. And some people get this h- this high up and they don't complete two, it. Two or
2: three feet okay. off the ice. So, so it really is the rotational it's spin. How it's how fast you your- launch
4: yourself up. Gotcha. And then obviously it goes into like, what's your body type? Do you have like wide hips? How fast are you spinning? And that's why men rotate faster and generally do a lot more quads than women do. They're, they spin faster. They've got narrower hips. Um, but, you know, women are more flexible, so we've got better spiral sequences. How, how, ma- how many women have done quads? You know, a couple have done it in practice. And I feel like maybe like one, one or two have done it in competition.
1: And you've done a quad? I have.
4: A long time ago. A long time ago. You get it's thankfully YouTube exists and it will always live there. I hope. <laughs> I'll be like, wow, I used to do that. Now I just sit. So <laughs>
1: so 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 people must have freaked out. I mean, did the announcer lose his shit? I mean, I mean, what? it
4: was. <laughs> It was an exciting moment because, you know, people can see when you get really close or you double footed or you step out. But when you actually do it and you're kind of you come down from four turns and you have to have tremendous amount of strength and balance to catch yourself when you come down. Get out. And so it's this moment where it's like, oh, is she going to do it? Is she going to do mm-hmm. it? And, and you have it, and it's, it's very exciting. All all that that is,
2: it was exciting. So you just do it, threw yeah, it in heels. Heels.
4: <laughs> so, so there's the launch and the landing that both yeah, matter. Yeah. So, so um, when I trained, you know, you'd work on exp- explosive muscles for bounce. Um, and then you would also, I would jump down off of boxes this high in order um, to kind of like learn how to absorb all that pressure and momentum coming down.
2: And you do that with the skates on?
4: Um, Off-ice training, I do it without skates. Um, and then on the ice um, with the skates. Well, that would make <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thanks, Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> no wrong, no wrong.
4: But then let me get to a spin, because very different because you're not launching yourself out and it's something that goes for much longer. It's not fractions of a second. It's um, a spin, you know, can be 30 seconds. It can be a minute. And you basically, you'll see most people wind backwards and they're creating this, it's all about torque in the body. And this is why I realize I'm a terrible skier because it's the opposite. Um, so, so they're winding the spring. You're so, winding, to, to right? It okay. And so my hips are going to the left and my shoulders are going to the right. A lot of abs, a lot of abs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Core and, work. Yes. And then, and then so then you step in and you ride this outside edge. And then again, you do the same whip momentum for a jump, except you don't take off and then you, you spin. Um, generally, if I wasn't in heels, I could do more mm-hmm. spins. Um, and then once you're there, you can, you'll keep this momentum. And then as I would bring in my arms and my legs, mm. I can just insanely increase the speed of my spin and likewise if all of a sudden I wanted to slow it down I would just open up and you would see the rotations just kind of almost stop and so in that way I was aware of physics but for figure skaters we would think about it more in terms of like body awareness Mm -hmm. of you know where your hips are what torque you need plus you have to look good doing it Yes.
1: Right, because you're being judged. And on what color
4: you look at in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, right. There are other dimensions of the analysis. Of exactly. the of the rank of the scores.
2: Exactly. Right. Right. So <laughs> so you actually yes can you tell us what is happening when she does that? Oh the physics,
1: yeah. Yeah. So so if you uh, going to take my shoes off. There,
4: right? I want oh, to see you. fit. Oh, it's not say it. <laughs> Wait a minute, just,
1: just. Uh, for those know, of you listening, Neil is taking off his shoes and her putting heels on Sasha's heels.
2: <laughs> Cinderella <laughs> doesn't
4: fit. <laughs> doesn't fit.
2: <laughs> All I can tell you is this: Prince Charming is never coming back.
4: <laughs> 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 <Thank>
2: <laughs>
1: you. Um. So in <laughs> physics, here's the deal. So if you set yourself rotating, all right? So I'll do that right now, OK? So, so here I am rotating, OK? So that's at a, at a speed. Wait, don't applaud yet. You don't know what's about to come, OK? So, so.
2: So you just spun so around. You,
1: so you can calculate how much angular. Lo- so, so in physics, you might remember from your physics class if, if you had it or you re- So everything that happens in a straight line, you can think of in a rotation. So there's a force. The rotational counterpart is torque. There is mass. The rotational counterpart is moment of inertia. There is, um, you also have uh, momentum and the rotational counterpart is just angular momentum. So here's the thing. Once you start rotating, your angular momentum is constant. Okay, it's constant. So if I start spinning, and you, cal- you calculate the angle of momentum by, okay, here it is. It is the mass of whatever your body
2: is, <laughs> which yeah. in this case would be the biggest figure skater ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here's the point so your, your, your hands. Your hands have a certain mass, okay. and they 're rotating out at this distance, so you have part of your body mass away from your axis of rotation. Oh okay, so if you, you can calculate how much angular momentum that is, now watch. If I bring any part of my body closer to my axis of rotation, then one of the terms in your angular momentum drops it, so so. so what happens is the distance to your the the axis of rotation drops, but your angular momentum stays the same. So something has to increase. So ah, oh. okay. So because <laughs> when you multiply these two numbers, you have to get the same answer every time. Okay. So if I start changing the distance of the mass of my body to my axis and I make it smaller, I have to spin up. Nice. nice. And so so there you have. Allow me. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I will spin, <laughs> and then, okay. And, and, and just like she said, because what she needs, right? Right, is that right, side, So you, you're spinning, you speed up, but then you can stop it by just putting your mask back out. So Slow here's, down. here's my proposal to you, okay? Here we go, okay. So, I don't know if this is legal. Okay. Here, no. so, so put your arms out, okay? So you're you're, you're my skating physics demo in this moment. Mm -hmm. So
2: you have a certain amount of mass coming out here. All right, so. So wait, for those listening, right now, Sasha has her arms uh, spread apart. Mm -hmm. Spread apart, yes. And uh, Mm -hmm. in a T formation, uh, and go ahead. Exactly. So there's a certain amount of mass along your arm and in your
1: hands. And you also showed earlier, when you start a spin, you might start with your leg out, okay. And then when you bring your leg closer in towards your axis of rotation, you start spinning faster. OK, so we got this. Oh, I like you have an, inf- mm. this is an infinity on it your is. wrist. Mm. Very cool, very cool.
2: It's
1: an We're infinity
2: that. tattoo. That is very, <laughs> yes, is, that is an infinity, tattoo. an infinity tattoo. It's good, indeed. OK.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean it. OK, so here's my suggestion. I don't know if it's legal.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Next time you do this, I think you can do a quint. Is there such a word?
4: There is such a word. Good,
1: quint, <laughs> five turns. Now, how would you do that? I'm going to say, you get some lead weight to put in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> put it's, Tom the,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> it's Tom Brady all over again. Tom Brady you, of ice skating.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> when you start, when you start spinning with lead weights in your hand, even if you're spinning at the same speed that you once were, you have more mass farther away from your rotation axis so that as you then bring the more mass in, you will spin faster. Mm. And I don't know, people will notice if you're grabbing something, <laughs> yeah. holding on to
2: something. you oh, yeah, what's going on? As you skate around Listen. the rink with two kettlebells in your <laughs> hand. So, <Still laughs> a little obvious. <laughs> so what you do
1: is, I think really you Just get really
0: heavy rings. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, really you can get heavy a rings. wrist
1: bracelet. And lead infused the wrist bracelet, and you're just—it's just your 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 jewelry.
4: And And meanwhile, I build up huge. (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm saying is,
1: if you did that, the same gestures you will spin faster, and you'll have to land. You have to figure out the landing, but (laughs) but. But once you I'm go gonna
4: throw this back mm-hmm. to you. What's that? For spinning, this would absolutely work and it would give me more torque and momentum when I spin. Yes. But I think the extra weight would not allow me to get up as high in the air. And so even if I got extra torque mm. when I pulled in, I would still not be able to rotate so as to many think about times. You need to work on this. Mm. So, you need to work so on this. So it's trade-off. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. To think well. about that. <laughs> it's
2: a good thing to think about.
1: You gotta think about that. So so this is one of the interesting physics. Problems where there are two variables competing with one another, and you don't know if one is more powerful than the other, or where they meet to get the best combination of both. Right. And those—that's where you get more interesting, complex problems in physics and in life.
0: I have—I have a neuroscience problem here that I can. What's that? What's that? <laughs> um, you know, wh- why don't you get dizzy when doing all of these? This oh thing? yeah. What's right? up with that? So I have an explanation for that.
1: Because <laughs> Chuck, yeah, you know Chuck, if we did that, we'd be like, you
0: know.
1: <laughs> Are you I'm going
0: around and around. I'm dizzy around right now. <laughs>
4: So, so, you know, there's actually a neuroscientific explanation for that, for that question. So it's interesting for yeah. jumping, um, you know, it's, it happens in a fraction of a second and you, you don't get dizzy. It's just very quick. But spinning is something where ballet and skating really diverge. You know, if you're a ballerina, you're spotting, you know, like to the edge of the room and that's how you're keeping... You know, your, your awareness. And by spotting, you mean you pick a spot, yeah, you, you, you turn spot your head very quickly back to that spot. And you like, you turn. Right.
1: That prevents you from getting dizzy? For ballet. For ballet. This is
4: what ballerinas do. Okay. They Different. always spot. Um, but for, for figure skaters, you're spinning so fast, um, and you're not doing just like kind of one, one, one. You're literally doing, um, I don't know, like 50 turns. Uh, and you, the trick is you have to stay in the same center, so about like one to two blade lengths and and I don't know I think it's like something to do with your inner ear that if you're not traveling and you're kind of you're staying in the same spot even though you're spinning you don't get dizzy but from personal experience when you do a spin and you do a bad spin which you get a deduction for and you're traveling so you kind of start here and I end up off stage you get out of the spin and it's like a cartoon where you see the stars and you're just like what where am I and so that's why they teach you have your center and don't travel. So explain well, that inner ear to me in like neuroscience uh, yes, uh, terms. Yes, I, I shall. <laughs> um, so
0: your inner ear consists of these three like fluid-filled tubes, right? And each one is at a different orientation, so it's meant to be sensitive to a different orientation. Let's say if your head goes up and, and like, yes, and like this, or no, or side to side. And <coughs> within those, fluid so these are the
1: three dimensions. Yeah, of the space. three
0: dimensions, with, yeah. and they're they're represented within your inner ear in these little. Uh, Canal, these tubes, and within each of these fluid filled tubes are these little set hairs that are like sensing. It's almost like seaweed at the bottom of the ocean. So when you move, it senses and it sends signals <coughs> to your brain. So if you think about if you're in a chair, let's say spinning and you're holding a bottle of water and you're spinning in this swivel chair and then you stop the water is going to keep going, right? Because it builds up momentum. And the same thing is happening in your inner ear. So it's telling your brain, you're still moving. That's why people get dizzy.
1: dizzy yeah. um, and also there's... Well, that's why when you stop spinning, you fall over because you can't keep your balance because your brain didn't figure out that you stopped spinning. It
0: thinks you're still moving, but then there's also information. So there's information coming to your brain, so to stupid. Your brain <laughs> from, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> But your muscles are telling you stuff as well. There's proprioceptive input, and there's also visual input, right, giving you information. What kind so of input
1: was the muscle input?
0: Proprioceptive.
1: Prop- proprioceptive. 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 Like
0: proprioception. Yeah, proprioceptive. Oh, that's clear it is. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of that word before. Oh, yeah, you
2: know. Yeah, it's proprioceptive. <laughs> it's like proprioception. <laughs> we good now? Yeah. Oh, we good. we good.
4: We're going to move We're on. you right. us up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's signals that tell your bodies its awareness in space. So your, body, your brain is getting that information from your muscles and your joints. The inner ear is telling you you're still moving and your eyes are giving you information. So that's why they often say and tell me, if they say this too, when, you're at, when you come out of the spin, different than ballerinas who focus each time they make a turn but you then are told to focus at a specific point because you want to have your eyes telling your brain counteractive what your inner ear is telling it, that it's still moving, that you're not moving any longer. And also what you do, I'm sure, is you practice off ice just spinning so that your brain can habituate. So it's not so much that you're spinning in one place versus moving, although the movement is gonna cause it to be more confusing because there's moving in different directions, so it'll be less of a movement if you're in one space. But that's not what I think is happening. I think you habituate because you practice,
4: right? So your brain that's just becomes
2: acclimated to spin.
4: Yeah, it's only so much though, right? Because right. it's still a physiological effect, right? So, and what you'll yeah. see figure skaters do is they'll spin very fast and then they'll slow down. And they slow down. They're kind of getting their bearings,
2: ah. you know, so and they're readjusting you're, you're kind of easing yourself out of it.
4: Exactly. And then gotcha. there's like a trick move that you do is you spin really, really, really fast, and then you stop, and then you give yourself you do it to the music. It's like, bam, and, and then, then you give yourself your like moment. a second, and then you're like, oh, you, like, you, know, you, like you built in. You know, we have these like That's these cool. breathers Tricks and coolers. Sasha,
1: is it true that your fastest spin in any performance? Is the spin you're, you end on, so you don't have to be graceful and balancey after that.
4: It's true. People generally do they're more strenuous they're more strenuous, like wham bam, hit every position. It's like very dramatic uh, um, at the very end. Right. Also, because it takes up a lot of energy, and you want to get your jumping passes in earlier, although you're seeing that change now a lot with the new judging system where you're getting rewarded and getting more points if you jump after the halfway mark. But generally, you want to end on a big note. And so people will do combination spins where you hit like six different positions. You're in a camel, you're in a sit spin, you're in a layback, and then you're on the other foot and your legs up. So there's. A like going a fireworks. It's like a fireworks. It is. Exactly. It's a finale. Yeah. It's a fireworks. <laughs> like, finale. Yeah, it's just you like, got oh, it. put them all up there.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Come on. That's what, not one. Let them all, too. Yeah, look at the smell of face. Oh. Everything you Party got. <laughs> throw, throw it at the exactly. end. Exactly. So, Heather, let me ask you this because uh, we are almost out of time. Why is it that, from a neurological standpoint, that that is our first kind of foray into getting high? You see children spin around, spin around, <laughs> and then they're just like, oh, I am. Uh I am messed up, man. Like, (laughs) (laughs) what? What is happening there? Well, a
0: lot of what drugs do is they kind of play with your senses, right? So normally we have input coming in from our senses and and our brain is organizing in a certain way. But when you kind of mess with your senses and the way the brain is interpreting them, that's also what drugs tend to do. And it feel, it's interesting because it's a different brain state. you know. And it's not just your inner ear, by the way. Those inner ear, inf- that information goes to that little brain in the back of your brain, the cerebellum, right? It's right in the back of your neck. And what's interesting is that that has two times as many neurons as your entire brain, oh, right? Whoa. Two times as many neurons, so... Twice. Yeah, twice. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so. two, two.
4: Twice. Two times twice. as many morons.
0: But it's <laughs> unconscious, okay? And people who have complete damage to the cerebellum, they are still fully conscious and aware. I mean, they might have less coordination, they can't do triple axles and things, but they're fully conscious and aware. So we only need, basically, one-third of our neurons to have conscious awareness, but it's interesting how much goes into that ability to have balance, and, but, so, but the, the, I think the reason why it feels good is that we like different sensations. We like to be outside of our normal, even dream states or creative states or daydreaming. When we're not in that normal state where the prefrontal cortex is on and everything's working properly, it's, it's fun, it's interesting. That's why we like to go on roller coasters or rides that make us feel weird. So
1: Sasha, when you're performing, you're in an altered mental state to this. Was that-
4: Maybe that's why I became a figure skater.
2: <laughs> it's
1: like the
4: world is going to be too much. The world. <laughs> Maybe I that's why you, that's- I need to skate for 20 years. <laughs> Maybe that's why you drink before competitions. <laughs> <laughs> that was our
2: secret. <laughs> okay, that is it for playing with science. Uh, please give it up for Dr. Heather Berlin, <clears throat> Olympic medalist Sasha Cohen. The inevitable, Dr. Woo! Neil deGrasse Tyson. Woo! I've been your host for Playing with Science. Yay! Also, Yay! please give it up for Gary O'Reilly, who is not here. And our catchphrase is this: If you play with fire, you get burned. You play with science, you get learned. Chuck <laughs> it on the house. Damn! Get home
1: safely. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you.